All right, well, folks, we're, we're in a series right now dealing with the social dilemmas that we are in as a church. And I, I know these are not the most pleasant subjects. And some of you are wondering, like, why, why do we have to do this? Can't we just stay in the Word? But we are the Word, and we must be the Word to folks who are in this situation. We need to be a light in this world, and we need to understand the folks that we're trying to bring to Christ. So tonight... We are going to hold the line on the issue of transgenderism. What do I mean by holding the line? Are, are, are we in a fight against these people? No, we're holding the line against principalities and powers that are trying to influence our culture and society. What do I mean by holding the line? Holding the line of a biblical worldview. Many churches today don't even hold to a biblical worldview anymore, believing that the scripture is inspired, that the Trinity is the nature of God, that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, he died for our sins, was buried, resurrected, and ascended to heaven, and that the Holy Spirit was released and active in our lives and that the word of God is the measure of truth for all people that will bless and bring life, increased life to people. And so that's what we're holding the line on. And uh, we want to learn how to do that tonight with the issue of transgenderism. So the way we've set this up is I'm going to give a lecture so that you can be informed and maybe learn a little more on the topic We'll go through that, and then afterwards we have a time for people to share stories, uh, share their input and observations, okay? Transgenderism, let's uh, define it first of all. Transgenderism is a person whose gender identity does not correspond with their biological sex. So they are transgender. It comes from the word trans, which means to cross over. Um, you've heard the term cisgender. Um, uh, if you're out there, you're hearing uh, that a cis woman or a cis man is cisgender. It, it comes from the prefix. The cis means holding the line or staying on the line, this side of the line. In other words, they're heterosexual. Transgender means that they're uh, they're born biologically in one sex, but feel that they are the other sex. A man who may feel that he is actually a woman, though he's biologically male. Or a woman who is biologically female and feels that inside she should be a man. And so trans means that they're going over to the other uh, gender or other side, okay? So that's where we get the idea of transgender. Now, how in the world did we get to a place where transgenderism has become the main topic in our culture when just a few years ago it seemed like uh, homosexuality was, was the stretch for our culture, but we came so much further. My observation is, you can agree or disagree with me, is that there was a point at which this unleashed in our culture, and I believe it was when gay marriage was ratified and is accepted, and that opened the floodgates. If you'll look at this chart here, in 1996, over here, 68% of the American population... Um, said no to gay marriage. It should not be legal, that it's morally wrong. 
and 27% said, no, it, it, it's okay. And through media, through the emphasis of a non-biblical culture, that shifted, and you can see the crossing point in 2012, where this, this changed in our culture, and now 71% of the culture says that gay marriage is fine, and 28% say no. And so that margin is increasing, and as believers and Christians, believers in the Word of God, we're becoming the minority on this, and we're becoming known as bigots and haters. All right? So I believe that it was gay marriage that shifted everything, and it's at that point you began to hear the anacronyms. Uh, LGB, that was the first one. Lesbian, gay, and bisexual. And that was a shock to us. That was a shock to our culture that this would be mainstream and we'd be fighting for rights for it, let alone for it to now become law that uh, there'd be homosexual marriage. We've been through this before, biblically what that means, God-ordained marriage, and this is a perversion of that. Then, after the LGB, here's where the door begins to open. Because if homosexual marriage is now allowed and two males or two women can marry and uh, homosexuality is now accepted as a, an alternative to sexuality, now we have the door opening, don't we, as to why not anything else. And so this is where the T got added, LGBT, transgenderism. That's what we're going to look at tonight. And now from transgender, and we went to the LGBTQ, lesbian, gay, bisexual, uh, transgender, and queer. And now we are at a point today where it's the LGBTQIA+. So let's just get a quick understanding of what we're looking at as our culture, our media, our businesses, our education system is all opening up completely to these concepts as normal. L meaning lesbian, that's a woman who is romantically, sexually attracted to another woman. G stands for gay, same-sex uh, affection between men. B is bisexual, people that are attracted to more than one. They could be attracted heterosexually or homosexually. Uh, they're same gender or uh, the opposite sex. So that's bisexual. They go either way. And then we have transgender. Transgender, now this is interesting, transgender does not imply any specific sexual orientation. They may be bi, they may be homosexual, but the key here is, is that the issue is their understanding of their own sexual identity. Are they male or are they female? That's what transgenderism is. Uh, Basically, a person whose gender identity does not correspond to their biological sex. Q has two meanings. Q stands for queer. It used to be a derogatory statement towards homosexuals, and uh, they took that and uh, made it their own to mean that someone who is queer is kind of a catch-all for um, homosexuality to include those who do not identify exclusively as straight. That's a, a wide area. 
It's secondly, the Q stands for questioning. If you're questioning your sexual identity or your sexual preferences. Well, that scoops up a lot of adolescent teens, doesn't it? See, what's happening with this identification now is it's gathering in. The more people you can gather in, the stronger your movement. And so now it's gathering in everyone who would not consider themselves heterosexual or even are questioning whether they're heterosexual. Okay? And so now that's being brought into the LGBTQ. Now, after we have everybody questioning, we then have uh, the I, which is intersex, intersexual, and then we have the asexual, which means they don't want to have sex with anybody. Uh, they are asexual and fine to live um, uh, a celibate life, if you will. Uh, that's kind of interesting. Would monks be considered LGBTQIA? I'm not trying to be funny, but I mean, I'm, it's, it's a collective gathering. And then last of all, put a plus in there. So what's the plus? Whatever's going to come our way. Now, let me ask you this in all seriousness. Now, I've been preaching on this for 20 years. Those of you that know me, I've not backed off on this. And every situation we've come up against socially and politically, I have preached on this scripturally. And I've said this all along. This has been a slippery slope. The minute you give gay marriage, everything else is going to flood in. And we've seen it as the anacronym grows and grows. That isn't an acronym, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. So all of you are like, whatever. <laughs> so the plus, biblically, we understand would include two more things. Wouldn't it? All right which would be pedophiles and bestiality. The Bible, this is nothing new in the history of man's perversion sexually, and that would include, and that's going to be the plus. That's what's coming down the pipe. And so we need to be ready for this. Church, you can't be squeamish about this. I mean, when, we, when we'd get together and talk about, oh, homosexuals, it's like, oh, I don't know if they'll ever come to our church. And we have a number of folks who've come out of a homosexual lifestyle and are here at the church because Jesus can break us free of any bondage. But we can't be squeamish about any of these because LGBTQIA plus is who Jesus wants to save. Amen? They're the people we have a remedy for. Not us, but him. He's got the remedy of life and life abundantly to the fullness. These folks are trying to find their identity. This is all about identity. And do you know who holds our identity? Is Jesus Christ. The identity that we have before we came to Christ is the sin that we've been engaged in. When you look at Scripture you'll see that he says these are those who will not inherit the kingdom of God. The adulterer, fornicator, homosexual, liar, this and that. See, before you are identified in Christ, you are identified by your sin. That's in the spirit realm what you were titled as. 
So some of you were LGBTQIA+, some of you were liars, some of you were cheaters, some of you were haters, some of you, we all had some sin that was prolific in us that we were identified by. How many of you thank God he gave you a name written down in glory? He took away the title of what you did to now be a son of God and he calls you by a precious name. And that's what we're praying for for these people. So, so that I'm not accused of being a hater of LGBTQIA, I've got the help and the love that they need to identify truly who they are that God wants in their lives. So again, we're going to look at this through the three uh, approaches that I have in the past with the other issues, through nature, through science, and uh, through the Bible. So let's go to nature. Binary is a term that means two, two different entities. If you look at nature, all of nature seems to be in a binary effect, all right? And uh, when you look at the book of Genesis, you'll see that God separated, right, the firmament, the earth from the sky. It's two. He separated the land from the sea. They're unique and separate. He separated the birds from the fish. He separated the, the um, trees from the grass. He separated the uh, animals from the humans. And there's this do binary separation that God is continually doing. And in nature, we see that the whole product of life is based on a binary system of male and female. One who bears the seed, one who bears the egg. You can see it throughout nature, and so it's binary. What has happened with the LGBTQIA+, is the concept of breaking the created order of a binary system to a non-binary system. What does it mean when they say, when we talk about non-binary well, they're saying it's our sexuality is no longer based on the male-female format that we find throughout nature. It's now based on the concept that there's male and female, and between that is an enormous amount of possibilities, okay? A spectrum of possibilities. How do they get to this way of thinking? Well, through this concept. It used to be that we would say sex and gender meant the same thing. In a binary system, what your sex was, was you were either male or female. When you filled out a form, they said, what gender are you? We would say male or female. And so it was understood throughout history for mankind that the binary system of male and female is obvious in all of nature from the plant kingdom animal kingdom and human nature that it is male female and that is someone's gender here's where they split it off they said no Sex is the biological definition, scientifically, of someone who is born male or female. But gender does not mean sex. Gender 
means it's a, the idea of gender is a social construct. We got stuck in a system where we believed because of the social pressures that man was man and woman was woman, but that's not what's true. Your gender is, you'll have time to talk later, your gender is based on what you feel inside about yourself. And so they were able to break off the concept so that they could separate biology from identity. This is all about identity. And your identity is basically what you think and feel about yourself. All right? So, sex versus gender. Gender identity is what someone feels is their gender. Okay? Now, sex is about chromosomes, biology. Gender is about cultural practices. So you'll hear people say, well, the reason males feel like they're males is because our culture inculcated in them that men are supposed to be this and this and this, and women are supposed to be this and this and this. That was put upon the, them by their social construct. And someone put it this way, sex is what's between our legs, gender is what's between our ears. Now with that kind of twisting of logic, they've created this form of thinking. Now, many of you are sitting here thinking, but this is rather obvious. But we have an entire culture globally that is buying this. And we've got a generation that is completely immersed in this thinking. And so you need to understand. Now, truth cannot be a social construct. Truth is outside of what a society believes or thinks. Truth is transcendent. Truth exists apart from a society's opinion. But most social constructs are based on the observations of nature. But they can be twisted and they can be changed. Now, in a binary nature, it doesn't cross identities. So, Let's take a look at the science. Changing sexes is a metaphysical impossibility because it is a biological impossibility. It's biologically impossible to change your sexual being. All right? But they do this by basically the gender concept of how I feel in my identity. So let's take a look at science. Women and men within their cells, a human cell contains 23 pairs of chromosomes, which is 46 chromosomes in total. Every cell in your body is identified by your biological sex. All right? It's stamped in your being. Every cell in your body has the chromosomes of either male or female. 22 of them determine, 22 of the chromosome pairs determine your eye color, hair color, whether you have cystic fibrosis, how tall you're going to be, how this is going to be. And then there's one couple 
the 23rd couple, determines what sex you are. And that is the XX chromosome or the XY. Okay? So, females are XX chromosomes. Males are XY chromosomes. So, who determines what sex a child's going to be when that child is fertilized? The male. Because he has that alternate, that Y. And so, if you have an XX female that is, uh, has sex with a male XY, the baby could have an XX, which makes the baby female, or the baby could be XY, which makes the baby male. There's no other being or combination that can be formed. Scientifically, there is a binary system that these children, people, are either going to be male and female based on chromosomes. That cannot be changed. You cannot go into every cell of your body and change your chromosomal system. And so in order for someone to change their sex, they cannot. It is an impossibility to change your sex. You can feel like you change your sex. You can maybe take medications that will cause you to either grow breasts or change your hormonal composition. The minute you stop taking them, you will revert right back to the biological sex that you are, no matter how you feel about it. And no matter how you identify in your mind, it's impossible. Let's take a look at the determining factors that make men men and women women. Male have XY chromosomes. Females have XX chromosomes. That doesn't change. The hormones in men are androgen and testosterone. Hormones in women, progesterone and estrogen. Difference between male and female, their genitalia. Male genitalia and body shape, body mass, muscle mass, bone mass is completely different than female genitalia, body shape, muscle, and bone mass. You can cut things off from your body. You can reshape them through plastic surgery. But every cell in your body will still indicate the biological sex that you are. Many of the problems with this is telling children they can take blockers to inhibit the hormone therapy and, and to block it so they don't go into puberty. This is why many are approaching children to find out their, their, their sense of transgender. Or do you think you're a male or a female? Most adolescent kids are just coming into puberty and they're not even understanding their biological sex yet. And we're asking them to change. Some people are asking them to change. So they take uh, hormone blockers, but that child will still have and produce the hormones according to their biological sex. And once you cut things off, you can't put them back. Male brain structure is different than female brain structure. This is not popular teaching. But it is biological and scientific fact that we are constructed differently. 
Male identity and female identity. Now, there's a lot of, yes, social construct within identities as far as what a male does, what a female does. But even apart from that, there is a natural tendency uh, because of the strength and the power of men versus the nurturing and mothering of women, there's just naturally and biologically going to be a difference. But there can be a huge spectrum of difference as as far as what we do as men and women. All men don't have to take out the garbage and know how to change tires on cars. And I'm being silly, but I mean, you know, there is a lot of social construct we put on on male and female gender. Women are quite capable and very intelligent to do a number of things that, that for so long men have done. And so we understand that that part of the social construct doesn't have to be stay, uh, stay in place. And there's a lot of things. The Bible doesn't tell you that women can't handle the money while the guys can cook. The, all that is social construct. But in the basis of who we are, you can't change this in the nature of male and female. Now, Dr. Uh, Paul McHugh says this, Transgendered men do not become women, nor do transgendered women become men. All become feminized men or masculinized women, counterfeits or impersonators of the sex with which they identify. The best you can do is pretend. And I don't mean that to crush or to harm. That's the big issue. You're harming me by not accepting what I'm saying. And I'm not trying to harm anybody, but the reality of truth is you can cut parts off, you can take hormonal therapy, but every cell in your body will remain the biological sex that you are. And we're not helping them by accepting the delusion. That is not helping them. Well, they're saying... there's a lot of problems with suicide and death. A 30-year study of sex-reassigned people in Sweden. In Sweden, it's totally accepted. And for 30 years, they've been living with this. And they did a study that 10 to 15 years after there was surgical reassignment of a man surgically castrating and becoming a woman or a woman becoming a man, 10 to 15 years after they had reassigned their physical body, the suicide rate rose to 20 times that of comparable peers. It doesn't solve the problem. Because whether you identify as male or female on the spectrum of this issue, there's a deeper root issue here that needs healing and needs deliverance. And how many of you know Jesus can do that? He can do that. So there's a huge pressure culturally for us to accept these concepts and this reassigning of reality to the binary system of life. I can't accept that. I can't do that, and it is not beneficial to those who, in fact, want us to. On the surface, it seems 
that it's about caring for those who suffer gender dysphoria. Those who, gender dysphoria is when you're not grasping your biological sex, feeling that you're trapped in that biological cage, but you identify as the opposite sex. That's a real issue that they're, they're contending with, and it's a struggle, and it's, I, I can't imagine how excruciatingly difficult it must be for them. Now, it doesn't help anybody to be mean or violent or rude to these people who are broken, all right? But the issue on a bigger level is it's about constructing a new sexual reality and changing the created order that God has set in place. There's a bigger picture here than the individual pain someone's going through. We need to meet people in their physical pain. We need to meet people in their psychological pain. This was a psychological disorder till the 70s. And then this whole reality shift has come into the culture globally to shift our understanding of men and women. And that is opposing God's order. So, I mean, the question is, who is this hurting well, it's, I think the number one people it's hurting are women and children. Women and children are really being affected by this. Isn't it interesting that James says true religion is caring for widows and orphans? And what is happening with this whole social construct shift, sexual identity, is we can't define women. I don't know how many of you saw the questioning for the Supreme Court Justice, Justice Kennedy, and the question was brought to her, what is a woman? She said, I can't answer that. You want to be on the Supreme Court, and you cannot answer it. She says, I'm not a biologist. That was just trying to skirt the issue. She did not want to say it. And uh, so the question really in our culture today is, what is a woman? So there are some who say men can give birth to babies now, but they're not men. And so the, the idea, I don't know where all the feminists are. What happened to the feminists who used to care about the role of a woman in our culture? Now they're mute and silent, and women are just being completely shelved. And we see in sports this construct where a man can identify as a woman and compete and again the problem is through nature biologically men are stronger than women the bible even says that and it's showing up men are breaking every record for women and young women who have been competing and working towards goals and sports are being obliterated and then the onslaught against our children. It's one thing that if you want to do what you want to do with your body, with your mind, with your thinking, but don't bring it into my children. And children are getting to a place where in education, if they feel or feel the pressure that they need to, that they're transgender, they can go through hormone therapy and even surgery without telling the parents. This 
is a real problem. And so women and children are really having a hard time. We've, we've gotten to where now it is acceptable to, to have drag queens doing library hour at public libraries and in public schools. Public restrooms now are available and open to whoever identifies as whatever in a restroom. Even companies are now going transgender so that they can try to, again, keep the, the commercial aspect of this in front of everyone. Education, uh, business, uh, and culture socially, we're being inundated by this new reality of sexuality. And as Christians, we're saying no. We're saying no. There's a term out there called social contagion. This is argued and disputed. Those who are pro-LGBTQIA plus are saying this is not an actual thing that's a makeup by conservative people. But if you look at the numbers, that's not necessarily so. A social contagion is something that becomes popular and people do it because it's the popular thing. Well, from 2013, as far as transgender identified youth, 0.6% said they were. By 2023, it moved from 0.6 to 3%. And that rose with the same rise of uh, media and uh, social media. And so it's become a social contagion, especially, it wasn't a problem with young ladies. It has now reversed. It is a huge problem with young ladies who are now trying to identify their sexuality. And as a social contagion, many of them are saying, up to 3% are saying that they are transgender. It's a fad. It has become something that they're experimenting with because it's now the thing that's on social media, and they are imitating. So that's who it's hurting, and it's affecting us. All right, but what about the biblical point of view? Obviously, the Bible's pretty straight on this. There wouldn't be churches that accept this idea. Ah, but there are, and there are many of them. There are many of them. So how is it that we could accept the biblical concept of transgenderism? Where in the world would that come from? Well, these are the three main points, that people uh, accept transgenderism and say it's promoted in Scripture. Isaiah 56, 1 to 5, I'll go over that with you. Matthew 19, 10 to 12, Jesus talks about it. And in Acts 8, 26 to 40. It's a term that's used in each of these portions of Scriptures. You know the term. It's a eunuch. Eunuchs were transgender. And they go back into Greek history. They go back into Egyptian history. These uh, go into India, go into other nations that would uh, castrate men for certain reasons. And those men would grow up castrated and many times were uh, considered feminine. And so they would call that transgender. Let's get a look at it. Isaiah 56, 3 to 5. Let me read it to you. This is Yahweh, God, 
talking to Israel, and he says this, Let not the foreigner who has joined himself to the Lord say, The Lord will surely separate me from his people. And let not the eunuch say, Behold, I am a dry tree. For thus says the Lord, To the eunuchs who keep my Sabbaths, who choose the things that please me and hold fast to my covenant, I will give in my house and within my walls a monument and a name better than sons and daughters. I will give them an everlasting name that shall not be cut off. Transgender folks look at that and say, we are special to God. God is going to give us as transgendered people a special place next to the throne of God. And that's what they're receiving from this because they say eunuchs were transgenders. The problem with that in understanding that scripture to believe that is, first of all, these eunuchs were typically castrated and forced into that kind of subjugation. They weren't looking for it and they weren't enjoying it. They were victims, usually slaves, who were brought in to guard the Pharaoh's harem or their leaders. And so they were victims not enjoying it. But secondly, you have to see what the Lord says. He's saying that because in the law of Moses, a eunuch was to be cast out. Someone who purposely castrated themselves was not fit for the priesthood. But here, Jesus, uh, the Lord says this, the eunuchs who what? Keep my Sabbath and choose the things that please me. And in the law, what pleases God is it says, a man shall not dress like a woman. It's very explicit. Um, and, and the point being, a man should not imitate the sexual identity that he is not. And secondly, if you're a eunuch, you need to follow the law and do what is pleasing to God. So you are no longer able to have sex, that's fine. But you need to still keep a, a reverent and holy lifestyle to God, which most transgender folks are not. Let's go on. Matthew 19, verse 12. Jesus is talking about marriage and divorce. And they ask Jesus about divorce, and Jesus tells them, and he goes back to the foundations of Genesis, uh, chapter 127. Do you not know, have you not read, that God made man and female created in God's image. And so Jesus validates the binary created order of male and female. But then he says this, for there are eunuchs who have been so from birth, and there are eunuchs who have been made eunuchs by men, and there are eunuchs who have uh, made themselves eunuchs for the sake of the kingdom of heaven. Let the one who is able to receive this receive it. What's he saying? Why is he throwing in eunuchs in this discussion on marriage and divorce? Because he's saying this, abstaining from sex. Divorce is permissible through adultery, but divorce and remarriage was never God's design. God designed marriage to last. If you didn't want to get married, you could be a eunuch. And he describes the three classifications of eunuch. Some were made eunuchs by force. Again, we talked about that. Some were born eunuchs because of a deformity. They could not have sex. And thirdly, some made themselves eunuchs, not by castrating themselves, but 
by abstaining from sex for the sake of serving the kingdom of God, being chaste. That's what God's saying. He's not promoting transgenderism in that statement. But that's what the transgender community is using that statement for. It's about abstaining from sex for the sake of being righteous to propagate the kingdom of God. Mark Davies says this, In the Bible, eunuchs do not form an exception to the binary distinction between men and women. This is because the term eunuch refers to men who for some reason lack sexual capacity. It's not because they desire to be the opposite sex. Does that make sense to you? They weren't seeking it. Eunuchs in Matthew 19 were not referring to sexless persons, but to men who were born without the ability to procreate or who were castrated, like for a royal court. Last of all, they use Acts chapter 8, verse 26 to 40, where Philip went and ministered to the Ethiopian eunuch, which says nothing about his sexuality other than he is a male serving as a eunuch for the queen. That's all. So none of these scriptures hold up. The last one is Genesis 1.27. This is a far stretch, but this is what they say. In Genesis 1.27, male and female, God uh, blended them. God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Ah, but you remember, they were all in one body. So both man and woman were at one point androgynous and together. That's what they're using this scripture to say. But if you just go a little further, you'll see that God created Adam out of the dust of the earth and he said, this is not good that man should be alone. And so he created woman for the man and here's why, so that man would understand woman was given to him from God and respected as a holy creature that God prepared for them to be together. So I mean, you're really stretching things saying that originally they were together and now I, I'm malleable to where I can switch over to the sex. That, it makes no sense in this context. So what's our conclusion? Our conclusion is this thing's going to get worse. As I told you, the door opened with gay marriage. Many people in the church said, well, it's not going to bother us. It doesn't affect marriage. We can still keep it. And, and I've been saying all along that all of this is creating a slippery slope culturally. And it is. The next thing coming is MAP. You know what MAP is. MAP is minor attracted persons. What do you think a minor attracted person is? pedophile. The first thing you have to do to change people's minds and understandings is to own the language and change it. Change the terms. Homosexuality is now gay. It's no longer bad. We're proud of it. I, you once called me queer. Now queer is acquired by us to mean this. You see, so you take the language. So you get rid of pedophiles, and now they are minor attracted 
persons. Now, you have to understand the overarching move of this. What is happening? This is happening globally to where the identity of God's creation is being so morphed that we no longer follow God's order, we follow man's order. Identifying no longer as creatures created in God's image, but now making it in man's image. And this is where we're headed to where there's no longer male and female. There's what you identify with and what you become. And now children will be involved in the sexual activity. Then we're moving into, last of all, transhumanism. Transhumanism is combining technology with man's mortal parts. So we can add computers to our brains, we can add mechanics to our systems, we can be part man and part machine. This is changing the construct of humanity. Do you know any other time when mankind was on the brink of disaster and such sin that when man was being completely altered in his DNA? Ah, and what did God say about the times of Noah? They were evil. And in the last days, it shall be as in Noah's day. The reason the flood came is because the Nephilim and the fallen angels had come and infiltrated the earth to where the chromosome, the DNA, was so blended that God could only find one family left to keep the line of humanity alive. He had to destroy all of creation. We're coming to a place now where we're getting to so far off, it's going to happen again. Listen to this and check out what's going on in, in the schools and in our culture. What? Stop it. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to call them that. We're going to call them Max, no. non-attractive persons. So don't judge people just because I want to have sex with a five-year-old. I'm a licensed professional counselor and sex therapist in Erie, Pennsylvania. And today I want to talk about minor attractive persons. And I want to talk about minor attractive persons because they are probably the most vilified population. Folks are making incorrect assumptions about them without actually knowing much about them. And those assumptions create harm for an already marginalized population. So it's going to be wrong for you to judge a pedophile because they're vilified for their attraction to children. And so we should accept them for being sexually attracted towards children. Now, here's the sad part. We've got churches following right along with this, and it won't be long where churches will also find some Bible verses to support that. It's anathema. But I want to end tonight by saying what is truly trans. Trans is what we are. We are transgressors of God's ways. God 
had given us everything and we transgressed creation and the covenant we had. But God, how many of you know, can transform us by the renewing of our minds, by saving us. So if someone says they are trans, let them know that you agree transgression from God's ways, but that God can transform them into a life where they can accept themselves and their identity and live life in abundance. Christ came so that we would have life and life abundantly. The church has the solution. We have to reach people who are broken and in bondage with the message of the love of Christ who will be the true transformer of our identity. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Let's pray. Father God, we need you, Jesus. We pray for the individuals, Lord God, that are struggling. And we pray that you will meet them, God, by your Holy Spirit. Pour out your love. Use us to be those who reach the lost and care for them, who love them. Concerning, Lord God, on the bigger picture, this demonic effort to change and rebel against your system, we speak to the heavenlies, to the powers and principalities, and we call you out and expose you for what you're doing. And the Word of God will bring remedy, and we pray for revival and revelation that your schemes and plans will be exposed and you will be found out and God will save the lost. If you agree with that, say amen. 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 Praise God.